And now a message from Rabbi Guy Cohen. How to lose friends and save people. A few years ago, I read a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Kind of a silly book, really. Allegedly, it's supposed to teach you how to win friends and influence people. But when you think about winning friends, what does that even mean? You know, what I learned is that if you want people to like you, if you consider people who like you friends, then it's real easy. Teach people how to make money. It's very interesting when I learned how to trade options, you know, in the stock market and I started making money. And, you know, I got a little arrogant and cocky and I started telling people about my success. And all of a sudden, I had people that I haven't spoken to them probably since high school reach out to me. Everybody wondered how I'm doing. Everybody wanted to be my friend. People wanted to sit down with me. People wanted to talk. People sent me messages. Everybody wanted my recommendation. Everybody wanted to hear what I have to say. I had respect. I had authority. My opinion mattered. But you see, when things started changing and I realized the stock market isn't my God. God is and I started teaching people how to save their soul instead of how to make more money, I started losing those friends. You see, that book should be titled How to Win Friends and How to Lose Friends. If you want to win friends, teach them how to make money. If you want to lose them, teach them how to save their soul. But you see, it's not just about how to make money. Because money, money is neutral. It's not about making money. I mean, you could make money and do great things, but what do you do with the money you make. Why are you even chasing money in the first place? What are you going to spend it on? Because really money is just a tool. Money is a middleman. Money is never the goal. It's a tool. It's something that allows you to do something else. It's something that you can trade for your heart's desire, whatever it is that you're actually going after. So let me ask you this. What are you going to do with the money that God is going to help you make? Because you see, when I was walking in the streets of Glendale a few months ago, I spoke to a few people. I saw this one lady with her daughter. They had, a, they had a little dog in their hands. And I asked her, how much did you spend on that dog? And she told me about 1,500 bucks. That little dog cost her 1,500 bucks. Very impressive. I was like, wow, that is a pretty expensive dog. Well, let me ask you this, lady. How much money did you spend feeding the homeless people in your neighborhood? let alone anywhere. <laughs> you know, they spent 1500 bucks on a little dog just so they can feed him and spend more money on him for something that really doesn't benefit anyone, yet they wouldn't spend a tenth of it feeding homeless people. She didn't even give me a dollar. I was there walking around as a homeless, people, homeless person in the streets of Glendale, right? I was doing my social experiment and she didn't give me any money. Other people did, but she didn't. Another girl that without a dog gave me 50 bucks, but she didn't give me anything. She was too busy feeding the dog. You see, a family relative of mine, and I shouldn't say relative because it's not of the same faith as me, but blood relative, bought a French bulldog for 4,000 bucks. Four grand. Four zero zero zero. About six years ago. I remember I was 23 at the time. And not too long ago, maybe a few weeks ago, I noticed he posted on Facebook a mourning message for the dog because apparently the dog died. 
six years, 4,000 bucks. Now, don't get me wrong, 4,000 bucks was just the initial payment to even get the dog. Don't forget food, medical treatment, going to the vet, cleaning, toys, accessories. I can easily assume that he spent more than 20 grand to 25 grand on that dog all the days of his life. 25 grand on a freaking animal, something that doesn't benefit you. It doesn't work your fields. It doesn't, you know, harvest your crops. It doesn't feed your children. It doesn't even clean the house. It doesn't make you coffee. It doesn't do anything besides going and stink up the place because that's what French bulldogs do. The dog didn't even recognize him when he came back home. It was the stupidest dog I have ever seen. Yet he paid 4,000 bucks for it. How much money did he spend on the homeless people? I doubt it even comes close to the 4,000 he initially spent on the dog. You see, we are so ridiculous. We're asking God for money, right? We want more stuff, yet what do we do with the stuff we already have? Because whatever you do with a dollar, you will do with 10,000 bucks. I mean, I've heard of people say, oh, man, I would love to help, and I would help you when I have more money. Well, if you can't help me now, how are you going to help me when you have more money? Because it's not about the money. If you go into debt making 10 grand, you'll go into debt making 10 million. There's no difference. It's not the amount, it's the mentality. That's why you see all those Hollywood people always going bankrupt. 50 Cent declared a $400 million bankruptcy, I, I believe. You know, uh, Dr. Dre, all of those guys, they always go bankrupt because it's not about the money. It's the mentality. Because they don't make God their God. They don't give him their hearts. And if you chase money for the sake of money, it will go away. I mean, Proverbs is pretty clear on that. But there's really nothing new about chasing money. Everybody thinks they invented the wheel. Everybody wants to say, you know, I'm doing something new. This is not going to happen to me. Right? It's like when you, when you read the, the people that die from uh, lung cancer, from smoking all the cigarettes. Everybody knows it gives you cancer, yet you still smoke. Because, ah, it's not going to happen to me. But you see, Proverbs 23 says, Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches, and they are gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Fly like an eagle. You see, you don't even spend your money saving the eagles. Here they live on reservations in Israel. They're like an almost extinct animal. Yet all these people spend all their money on the most ridiculous things. Buying a Louis Vuitton bag, a thousand bucks. Buying those ridiculous belts, a couch. Have you ever seen furniture? Have you ever gone to a furniture store? I'm not even talking about the basic, you know, Macy's one. But you have those luxury furniture stores when the couch costs you 15,000 bucks. 15,000 bucks for a piece of wood. A couch, something to sit on. How many people can you feed for 15,000 bucks? Definitely more than a couch. So why are you asking God for more money when you're not even responsible with the little that you have? You see, you guys are just hypocrites. First, be devoted and be honest and responsible with the little that you have. And then maybe, maybe you should think about asking for more.
But don't forget the parable about the three guys with the talents, right? One of them had one talent, the other had two, and the third one had five talents. And the master told them, I'm going away. I'm giving you those talents. Do what you can. When I'm back, I'm going to take an account for what you've done with what I gave you. The guy with the five talents went, invested, made another five. The guy with the two talents invested, made another two. The guy with the one talent buried it in the ground because he didn't want to do anything. He was just a lazy bum. He was a lazy and wicked servant. Buried it in the ground. And when, this, when the master came back, he's like, where's, where's the talent I gave you? He's like, oh, well, I knew that you were a wicked master that want to reap whatever he didn't sow and that you don't want to walk yourself. And not that BS, right? And then he's like, well, I just buried it in the ground. And the master, rightfully so, got mad. He's like, well, if you didn't want to invest it, at least put it with the bank so it gathers interest, you wicked and lazy servant. Get out of here. And he said, whatever little that you have will be taken away from you and given to those who have a lot. But the parable itself doesn't only talk about money. See, it's talking about talents. God has given all of us talents. He's given us unique abilities. Things that we have to find out for ourselves what they are. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm good at, at teaching. Maybe I'm good at talking. You're good at something else. Some people are good with art. Some people are good with singing. Some people are good with, I don't know, engineering, numbers. It doesn't matter. Whatever talent that God has given you, how are you using that talent for God's glory? Because it's not about money. Money, like I said, is just an instrument. It's just a tool. If you have money, great. Use it for God's kingdom. Invest it. Give a tithe offering. Support the mission. Support the cause. Those people around the world, they don't even know the word of God. What are you doing about it? Do you go down the street? Do you, do you purchase Bibles to hand out? Do you support food shelters to, to give to the homeless, to give to those who don't have? Do you support any countries that might not be in the, in the great economic state that your neighborhood is? Or those countries that have those natural disasters? What are you doing with the money that you have now to support God's kingdom? You don't even think about that. All you think about is your next bonus, your next paycheck. How can you get a raise? How can you get more? I mean, to make a, a honest bet, I'm guessing that the majority of people listening to this podcast right now have a balance under credit card. They got into debt under credit card to buy something they don't need to impress people they don't even like. You're probably still putting payments down on your car. You probably have a mortgage. And you might even have a student loan debt. And all of those things, you're willing to go into debt to buy all these non-vital things, material things that you're not going to take with you to the next world, yet you're not even willing to put anything for the kingdom of God. Well, I mean, if you're willing to go into debt for a car, why aren't you willing to go into debt for God? That doesn't make sense. You're a hypocrite. It's what you are. I mean, if you put down money for a mortgage, you take a 30-year loan, why don't you take a 30-year loan for God? Get a loan and start printing out Bibles. Go do something. Go preach the world. I mean, if you're a true believer and you really believe that Jesus could come back any moment and we can be raptured at any moment and you will give an account for what you've done on this earth, it's not going to be about how much money you have and how you handle your money. It's going to be how you handle your talents and how many souls did you reach out to? What did you do for the kingdom? What did you do for God? What are you going to tell him? You're going to tell him, oh, well, I'm still making payments on my car, but, you know, once I get that debt, 
uh, you know, cut off, then I can I can support my ministry and then I can I can give a tithe offering and, and you know do God's work. But I mean, I'm still in debt, so I can't really afford it right now. Is that what you're gonna tell him? I mean, maybe I don't know. But here's what I do know: you're gonna give an account, and you are going to be judged. So take this warning, take this message of wisdom from a man of God, someone who listens, someone who humbles himself. Because I've been there. I've been where you are. I know what you're thinking. But I repented. I changed. Ch-ch-change. Once I came to my senses, I realized what is truly important, what is truly relevant to the kingdom of God. Because that's the only thing that matters, really. I mean, we live in the end times right now. You could be gone any minute now, any second. Do you really want your last act to be something not of God's kingdom? Because you will be judged. All of us will. I'm doing my part. I'm giving you this message. What are you doing? Who are you giving the message to? Because the purpose of God's word is to be a river, not a reservoir. A reservoir collects all the water for itself. A river passes it on. So be a river. Take this message and spread it. How else would the message of the gospel spread if you keep your mouth shut? So start talking. God's listening.